What's going on, y'all? This is Travis and Richard for another episode of Chasing Anthems and Friends. Man, we took a little time off, had to get a breather, almost like a season one, man. We we, we put out 11 episodes now, right? Bing, 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 bing. We've been getting great feedback, great love. Um, so one thing I like to do is give a little updates. Uh, with all the craziness in the world, I've become a farmer. You, know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, you guys can't see this, but I'm getting pretty swole in the arms and the neck and the I'm, stomach. <laughs> stomach. <laughs> I'm getting ready for some piglets. We're getting some pigs. We're getting some chickens. We're getting all sorts of good stuff. So we got we got to feed this family of vegetarians over here. So if you need any meat, just let me know because my wife will not be consuming any of it. Meat chickens for days. That's right. Pigs. So not eating them though. So when uh, things hit the fan, um, go to Richard's, not mine, because we got lots of ammo as well. But. <laughs> Anyways, hey, no, we're super excited today. We got our buddy Dan from Lit Honey coming in all the way from Boston, Massachusetts. Is that where Boston's at? Oh, what's good? Yes, nice. Honey I, Productions, Boston, Massachusetts. Richard has not been outside of Copperopolis, let alone California. So I like to give some geographical references for him. Yes. Um, basically, it's on the far other side of the map, correct? On the Easter coast. <laughs> and we live on the West, Wester of the West. Yeah. So we're super pumped today because you guys have <clears throat> an independent label. Is that correct? Yeah. Lit Honey Productions. We are an indie label. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's been amazing to see this whole thing grow in the community of kind of running this kind of operation, you know? So I'm, I'm really excited. I've been uh, looking forward to chatting with you for quite some time because I think often like the labels in general seem to be getting a bad name and I probably haven't helped because there's just a lot of negativity. And I don't mean on the independent label side, but I mean on the major label side, right? Yeah. Like growing up, especially in the, you know, playing in the nineties, Richard and eighties, but me in the nineties, <laughs> like, you know, we all had that goal of like getting on, you know, Warner or, um, you know, you, you name it, right? One of the top tier labels and hoping that they're just going to take you to the top and take care of your expenses and recording and all that kind of good stuff. But it seems like in the last 10, 20 years, correct me if I'm wrong, that that whole scene is really fell apart, right? With the, the digital age of um, music. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's crazy, man. Yeah. So what with all that, like what inspired you to give us your backstory on like how you uh you know came to starting a label and and into you know what you guys are doing today wow great question great question well thanks for having me guys you know i really appreciate um you know you guys making this happen um sure. yeah basically yeah when it comes to labels like the main thing the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like johnny cash right it's like walking into the to the recording studio you know you know and, and printing a record and then he goes home that night with his wife and he's like I'm, honey i made a record and he's all yeah, sweaty yeah. and he's like what, <laughs> what what do you mean and then boom he's on tour like that's what record labels kind of do right they kind of give you that full like in, you know in terms of what we would call a 360 deal right um they give you that full sometimes like 360 deal type of scenario and the more i've worked with lawyers and talked to different people that's still like a relevant thing like the 360 deal it's sort of a way that different entities and different labels and different people sort of um co-mingle and like you know with lit honey productions it's like the b theme right so like pollinate and like the whole idea of like basically taking a brand and then, you know, collaborating with quasi other brands or whatever you want to call it. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean the digital revolution definitely changed things for sure. I mean, it's, it's sort of the glass half full glass half empty thing. Like you have people who are looking at the whole thing as like, okay, well, you know, Oh, there's, it's so hard now because you have to be independent and do it all yourself. And then you have the people who are like doing admin deals and doing different things where they're like, doing that sort of co-mingling and collaborative thing. And then there's other people, you know, who are just doing 360 deals with labels and getting signed. So, you know, um, so, so everything still exists. It's just, uh, um, yeah. there's just more out there. What would you say? More, mm. av more avenues for artists looking to, you know, make it happen, whether it's, you know, do it yourself or some combination of that. And then all the way to the guys who are, you know, on the radio essentially. Right. Right. 
Right. There's a spectrum for sure. You know, one thing I always say working with artists is like, all right, let's find that sort of artist who's, you know, again, everybody's their own individual, but let's find that next artist sort of that sort of rather the artist in the next sort of tier from where you're at. Like, right. Like, let's find that next person who's like doing what you're doing, but on sort of that next level to give you kind of an idea of like what you need to put into things like it's competitive, man. The music industry is very competitive, you know, and saturation and the reality of you know, home studios and recording these days. Look, like, you know, there's a lot of music out there and people with YouTube, you know, kids with YouTube, you know, they're learning a lot, you know, they're able to produce themselves, record themselves. So it becomes a matter of how much can you communicate to an audience and build your own brand, you know, and build your own, you know, following. So 1,000 you- fans, right? Yeah, there you go. So how did you guys get into, or you particularly, um, did you start this alone or did you in your uh, Victoria, did you guys do it together or? Or did you play music or book people? Like what made you want to open? And you did it in 2018, which is a question I'll ask you in a little bit, but did what, what started you into that? Right, exactly. I know I need to answer the question. So the answer to the question is essentially Duke Davis. So you you answer however you want, boo. You yeah. just do you, okay? <laughs> All right? Like, don't don't let us hijack your We're story. here for you, Dan. So. We're here for you. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you guys. Like, I really do. The fact that you guys, like, did this tonight and I'm, I'm running behind, like, I really appreciate you guys. Um, we felt like we got a little Will Smith, but it's okay. <laughs> it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when, right? <laughs> All right. Oh, we got it. We got it out. We got it out. You guys are giving me so much weaponry for the future. Like, I'm <laughs> totally going to steal that. I've been oh, real please. Smith. I love that. It's like, TM. Amazing. It's tr- TM. Yeah. But basically, so yeah, Lit Honey Productions was the, the name, the genesis of the name was from essentially preparing for a live DJ, sort of live instruments, live DJ set at a okay. club called Bull McCabe's in Boston. And, you know, I was hanging out with my buddy Russ. He's actually my second cousin. And we were joking around about this whole idea of the lit honey. And I'm like, that's crazy. I like that name. That's perfect for Duke Davis, who is an artist that I manage. Um, and basically I was like, this is the perfect name for the label for this artist, Duke Davis. So I just, it's like a build it and they will come kind of thing, man. Sure. Made the Instagram, made, you know, the Facebook start to just build the infrastructure. And then it just built from there, man. It's like a build it and they will come kind of thing. Like, The idea was, okay, let's build a community-based kind of independent label based out of Boston, based out of the Bean, that people can kind of use in in different ways for whether it's for a production or for different things. And it's a community-based thing. It's not like a... It hasn't always been sort of a closed doors, like roster artists only type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, yes, we have our roster artists, but we also have our services and we produce music for different people. And we're also a studio. So there's a lot going on there, you know? So you you would you consider yourself like cradle to grave, like all inclusive? You guys do everything, or do you guys niche on you know one or two different things? Like if we came to you, what would you do for us? Not that I'm asking, but maybe, you know. (laughs) Yeah, everything, man. I mean, we we have different people. We collaborate with different agents that are doing huge things in the industry. Like, you know how it is with with music. It's like, it depends, like, what what you need, what you want. If you need production and engineering, then, you know, we can take care of that. If you're looking for, um, you know, promo, PR, like, when it comes to playlisting, like, it's so funny. I had an artist in the other day at the studio and they, they go to Berkeley and they didn't even know about Spotify playlisting. And I was like, how do you go to Berkeley and know yeah. Spotify playlisting? That's all Spotify is, right? Playlist. I mean, for the most part. It's a nice way to discover music, right? But there's, it's a whole Pandora's box the second you start talking about, you know, what's going on with that. So the main thing, I guess, to answer your question is like, yeah, like we would listen to your music and kind of see what your goals are and, and basically kind of decide what you know, our favorite tracks were to show our different, you know, agents and different people who operate. Like, you know, it's the whole industry. If you look at it, I mean, it's essentially just a bunch of operators connected with each other. It's like the internet, right? Mm -hmm. You have these different servers, you have these different people who like musicians and artists, they may be really talented, but they also can be agents. They're also people who are booking features, doing things, operating from a music business standpoint, not just, you know, being an artist, like some people who may be just watching like, you know, the Oscars at home might not realize that, that like Harry Styles, like who knows, he could be like an agent too. He might be doing different deals. Like no one, I don't even know. 
You know, I would just throw out a name, like, boom, that was the first person that comes to mind because he seems to always come up these days. I don't I mean, know. He wasn't the best reference, but it's okay. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'm just we'll deal with that. <laughs> I mean, you could have said, like, Mark Wahlberg or, you know, someone. Marky Mark? Finish. No, I'm mm. just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys, so do you guys, <clears throat> do you guys counsel artists? Because you said, like, I, I was looking at your site, which is awesome, by the way. I also think Lit Honey is a great. Uh, like marketing, everything that you just said. I love it. Hmm. Do you guys counsel the artists and do you work them through it? Like if somebody comes in, I mean, let's be honest, if you're, if you're doing recordings and stuff like that, you're going to get some people that are good. You're going to get some people that are great. And then you'll get some people where you're like, Woof. now do you counsel these people? Like when somebody comes in and let's say like, this is their passion, but they don't have it at all. Are you guys that outlet that's going to be like, Hey man, you should probably think about a different area or, or do you, hey, if you do these things, you'll be at this good level. Like, what does that look like for somebody yes. that comes in in that in that form? Yes, great, great question. Um, yeah, definitely. That's that's where I'm at, man. Is like, you know, vocal coaching is like a big subject. We always talk about like people will come in and their their just vocals aren't there yet. You know. Bottom line, boom. Yeah. Answer the question. Vocal coaching. You right. know, how to sing, man. You know, you, I'm not going to sit and promote your music if you can't freaking get this stuff going. Like, whatever, you know. Like, I like your guys' energy because the second you guys throw those kinds of, like, little twists at me, it's like I'm going to dial into my, like, inner, like, you know. Like, no, that's great. That's what we're looking yeah. for, man. Because yeah. people that listen to it, hopefully, like, the idea, right, is to, like, build something to where we're trying to help other people to see the the path that it takes from taking this band from a garage and then going and being semi-successful yeah. to playing in front of crowds, um, yeah. to playing uh, different venues bigger and beyond. And then if you're wanting yeah. to take it to, to where that's going to be your career, well, this is what it takes. And we've had, we've had different people on the air that like from the artist to um, the emerging artist. And now we get like a label's point of view, like, they're saying this is not, I mean, that's, it's winning the lottery to put your song, your song on SoundCloud, Spotify, and you wake up the next day with millions of views or, or, or listens or whatnot, or the next week, you know what I mean? So like we're showing, the idea is to show this market of musicians that there's a grind and, and this is what you need to do. And this is what people are looking for. So the cold, hard truth. It's good, right? Like sometimes right. you yeah. need to hear that. You don't want to hear it, but you need to hear that. Yeah, look at um, look at uh, the Sean Oliveira and the other guy from um, the sessions from um, Nashville from the from the um, Extreme Tour. You know, he's he went viral on TikTok singing Taylor Swift covers like Screamo Emo. Julia. You know. Julia. Yeah, we had him on here. Yeah. He, he got Julian, to talk. Yeah, Julian. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, yeah. the Nameless. Yeah. Nameless. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those like, guys that's awesome. a great example of like somebody just seizing the day, like, like doing something like covers, like guys don't always want to do covers. Like people don't always want to do covers, but look, it draws a lot of energy, draws a lot of attention when you do a cover. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, uh, and maybe to Richard's question, like there are places where you can just say, Hey, I want to book out like five hours. It's my dream to go in there. And, and I, I sessioned with, I played bass for these two girls that wanted to move to Nashville so bad. They were terrible. <laughs> and I'm really sorry if you guys are listening, but they were just awful. But like they paid the studio. He, the engineer just sat there with a smile and like that's, he wasn't getting paid to provide that honest feedback, right? Like, do you offer that service as well? Or are you guys more focused in on like almost like the farm league? Like, we're going to grow artists to get them to then be, we could eventually pitch them to a major. Yes. That, yeah, basically lately that's what's been happening is we have just agents even showing up at the studio who have connections. They have, you know, reputable credentials and they've worked with big artists and the, you know, attention is, is here. Like, you know, we've witnessed that. It's just an interesting thing what you're saying about those girls or whatever, because at the same time, like you may have been their connection or their like studio go to. And then, you know, you, you don't want to, in that scenario, it's like, Look, like this is the word I use a lot with one of my producer friends is like the whole utility thing, right? It's like you're talking about almost like a recording studio, right? Like versus like right, a label. Like correct. so when you're saying like 
showing up and recording, like providing a recording service. Like, yeah, we do that. But the crazy thing, man, is like, honestly, that's a grind in itself. And it's like the second that people reach out, like that's why we always ask for a demo and the questionnaire, because that gives me so much information. Like it'll instantly make me realize, all right, like, is this like a lost, like, I don't want to say lost cause. No, that's great. I've gotten some demos. I've gotten some demos, guys, that are like, if I show them to you, it's like some some bizarre stuff. I was wondering why you didn't respond to that, what I sent. That's okay. Yeah, our questionnaire, man. We just, we put that in last week. You didn't see that? No? Oh, yeah. You guys are hilarious. You guys are cracking me. I'm like literally I'm checking. Friends, I'm about dude. to like check my email right now for the for the chasing anthems. Nah, it's all. <laughs> well, I like to write like I love the duets on TikTok. So I'll send you some my TikTok duets, and you let me know. <laughs> like, should I just quit now or? The third graders love it. Let me tell you, I wrote this. <laughs> this <laughs> I did a rap about Santa dying. It got no love, but I'm telling you, it was gold. It was just waiting to be discovered. <laughs> I know, and it's funny. I haven't seen any good like musical remixes of this Will Smith thing. I want to see a couple like good like. Music- I saw a few okay ones, man. Did you, did you? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, they're out I was there. Looking on YouTube, I couldn't find any, and I'm like, okay, where where are people remixing this? Like, you can use that snap, that slap as like a clap or something. <laughs> oh yeah, he he did that one where it's like bum 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 clap clap bum 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 bum. Yeah. That's the one okay. I saw, and it was him like bow bow. And you're like, oh man, poor Chris. I got to do Chris like that, man. <laughs> uh, it's, it's nuts, man. This whole thing is crazy. It's like, it's like, you got. What do you guys think? Do you think it was orchestrated, or do you think it actually happened, like organically? I think, yeah, I think it organically yeah. happened. Yeah, I you know, so. yeah. I he think just, he, I think it got to him. I like Will Smith. I think his life is entertainment right now, and right. that'll get to any man, you know, eventually. And and uh right, he has no boundaries he's like so like he he's not he's like he's down to do whatever like he isn't he doesn't give a you know he's like, honey badger L- let's be honest if Dwayne rock was up there is he doing is that same scenario going down i don't think so right yeah <laughs> call an ambulance uh-huh he's not going he's up there and slapping medical emergency rock you know what i'm saying <laughs> so what what's the scene like in boston i mean yeah, uh, honestly very, i don't know what it's yeah. like Interesting, man. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, a lot of hip hop, definitely a lot of hip hop. Um, a lot of urban music, a lot of electronic. Um, it's definitely not like Nashville. Maybe closer to New York, right? I always feel like it's a melting pot. It's sort of like you know, there's a lot of electronic music, um, hip hop, alternative. Um, you know, one label is Van Buren. You can check them out, Van Buren Records. That's a Boston-based hip hop label that's doing very well. Um, Van Buren Records. Um, yeah, and they're they're sort of a roster artist type of scenario, right? They have like they're rostered artists, and they're 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 you know, and that's one model, man. That's one business model. Like I love what you guys were saying about the non-roster versus roster artist thing because it's it's very true. Could you explain what that means when you say roster? I'm thinking like Rastafarian roster. Like <laughs> roster. Oh, roster. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. It's slow guy. It's the no, East Coast no. accent. You, okay. He's saying the, they got their roster artist, oh, yeah, like, the artist over there. Man, like what you hear on reggae? I love the, all the Marleys, man. Like. Come on. Get, get the money out the draw, would ya? <laughs> yeah. The Cali vibe out here, brother. Yeah, Rasta. I know the Boston accent slips through every once in a while, but I dig it. Yeah, so Sorry, basically slow, slow roster. Yeah, roster versus non-roster, right? So uh, a roster artist scenario is you're a label that's operating and you're only really producing artists who are signed to the label essentially or just quote unquote roster artists regardless of like the legal agreement um, and then non-roster artists would be artists that maybe come to the studio and they record you know and they they feel part of the the situation you know which is fine too you know in my opinion um, you know because yeah basically you know, there's there's what happens on social media and what happens in the ether of the music business world, and then there's what happens in the financial underpinnings of running a music business. Like you may have, you know, a certain business model, like other people are doing only rostered artists. Some, you know, like you were talking about artist consultations. That's an interesting thing, right? Because people often come to the studio, right, and they they want to actually know about how to be successful in the music business. That's a really weighted question, right? So, 
yeah. lot to learn about music licensing, copyright, um, lot to learn, lot yeah. to learn. So, so what would being quote unquote signed mean for those who don't know, including myself? Um, yeah. <laughs> Like what? What does that actually into? Does that mean you're locked into a certain duration, certain rights to the the music that you guys collaborate on? Like, what is that? And I'm sure it can mean a lot of different things. But when someone you sign somebody, what does that mean for that artist? Mm, Generally great speaking, question. Great, great question. Um, so basically, signed artists, right? It it, it connotates a three sixty deal, like a classic three sixty deal, but. Um, the basic idea is like um, fixed term, usually, right? Nobody really wants to sign. Okay, for the rest of my life, you're gonna get a percentage of, of all my songs. Like for the rest of my life, it's usually a fixed term agreement. Um, but yeah, it it definitely is a sort of percentage type of scenario. Like, look, you have management contracts, you have label contracts, right? So managers are getting a percentage of things. Labels are getting a percentage of things if they're signed to the label, and then that all that all gets worked out in different legal agreements with other labels. When maybe a major label wants to buy out an independent label, look at what happened with Internet Money Records, right? Um, getting bought out by Interscope, right? They were the guys. Remember the Lemonade single off the juice coating got me. You guys remember that? Mm, I don't know if I do. No, <laughs> I'm like nodding along. I feel bad. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then you question me. One. I'm like, oh no, I don't think it was the number one sing. It was the number one hit. Um, and Jimmy Iovine, Interscope Records. Yeah, they ended up buying out Internet Money, right? So you have these other labels that come in and buy out other labels. So the basic idea is what it means is we have to believe in the artist. Okay, so if we're gonna sign an artist, we have to believe in the artist. We have to really, honestly know that they're capable of success, and we have artists that. Um, you know, we believe in. It's just that it's not, it's not every artist, man, that walks in because there has to be a level of like communication and alignment. You know, some people get so frozen up the second you talk about like licensing and copyright and percentages, you know what I mean? Like, do you, have you guys ever encountered that? Like, do you guys oh, do yeah. licensing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's like some people, they're really possessive and then just like it puts them in a deer in the headlights, like frozen dead corpse scenario and they're just like, Meh. It's like what it's like okay like you're you're not that's fine it's just that this is what the business is you know it's well because that's what it, it's a business right like that that's the hardest part for some people yeah. and like when you're talking about musicians there's egos that are involved a lot of the times yeah. right and so like when when they're when they're stepping in and they're walking into your world you, you're like hey man if you're not going to make my business money why would I invest into your business is because essentially when you're an artist, that is your business, whether you're doing it full time, part time, and you're wanting to take it full time, that's, that's your business, right? So like, if you want an investor to come in, you're going to have to make that investor money Would that. Would you say that that's kind of your mindset when you're, when you're, when you're searching for your team? Um, yeah. I mean, basically for me, my team is already here. I yeah. have everybody, I've everybody I need. Um, that's basically in a lot of cases, just me, my agents, um, you know, the different people who are already part of the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, f this is the thing, man, is like, it's, it's all about leverage in the music industry, right? Like the classic thing lately, I'll, I'll drop a little gem on you guys right here is, is the sort of quantity leverage element with music licensing, right? Oh, it's like, to take that one slow again. Quantity yeah, so the quantity leverage. leverage element, right? Yeah, this is a new thing that I'm sort of unpacking. Get my pen and paper that. here. Yeah, like literally sync and music licensing is huge, right? And also just having assets, having songs, having tracks. Like there's producers who are cutting like sometimes 80 beats at, like in a couple of days, you know, because they're aware of this. They're aware of how like it's such a music supervisor type of world sometimes where basically, you know, these guys are looking through 25 tracks you know, or whatever, and they're finding their their favorite four or five or whatever, and they're like, oh, wow, I really love those. And maybe they love those because they were going through all of them and it was just like a search for them. But what I'm trying to articulate here is like, it's all about leverage, right, in the music industry. So if an artist comes into the door and they have some good songs, that's great. But the question for me is like, all right, do we sort of see eye to eye on, on the industry? A lot of times they want to work with me directly. Like I'm the main producer, main songwriter of the label. Like I'm the main dude who's doing the mixing and mastering. You know, these days, like I'm 
doing detailed like research into mastering and stuff like that because you can you guys know you can pay other people to do stuff for you in the industry but the reality is the more you can do yourself the more you're gonna save man absolutely you know yeah that's the truth we learned that lesson a lot right i mean i think we've tried to do as much in-house as we can and in-house exactly in-house i love that yeah i mean that's another that's another lingo thing in-house exactly see we're cool we're hip yeah um (laughs) i didn't say it as cool as you did but um yeah correct me if i'm wrong so or you give i'm gonna spit some of uh our strategy at you you let me know if this is crazy or this is brilliant but a lot of what we're doing because we are unsigned and we're cranking out as much music as possible where we have a, a catalog it's good because you know we have a lot of live when we play live performances we prefer to play originals anyways so it speaks more to who we are but from a strategy standpoint like by doing it in-house and you know we might ship it out to get mastered or something like that uh um, yeah, that's great like a good mastering engineer man that is like awesome yeah. We, well, we found you really got to maximize the output because if you don't, you just you get lost and people turn off real quick. But where I'm going is like the quality. We know that what we put out is maybe 90 percent there, 95 even on a really good day. But if anyone's ever going to take interest at us, they're probably going to want to go back and be like, we need to repolish it. We need to modernize this. We need to add some more instruments. And we are the type that are like, hey whatever you guys want, go for it. Or you want another artist to sing that song for us? Cut the check. Let's go. You know what I mean? But like, what do you think about that from a strategy standpoint? Do you think it needs to be perfect when it's out there on Spotify and out to the world? Or do you think like having it slightly under perfection so that maybe a label might take interest to see that they could grow you to the next level is a viable strategy? And I'm not auditioning. I'm just, I'm actually seriously asking. I'm curious. Yeah, I'd say it, it needs to be perfect in your eyes. It's about in your eyes, Peter Gabriel style, right? Uh-huh. So, well, then it know, would I mean, never leave. <laughs> it would never get out, right? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not saying it needs to be like Peter Gabriel. I mean, it needs to be like in your eyes. Let's, perfect. Like that's the farthest you can take it. And sure. it's been taken. Look, that's it's, cool. It's no, tough. It's, I man. appreciate that it, feedback. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be perfect, guys. Like it's, it's such a good question. You guys are asking great questions. Like I'll tell you what, I have this James Bond sort of like sync thing, this sort of constant changes, dynamic changes thing, and my agent's freaking loving it right now. And it was that sort of like, just aligned thing where, I made. The, I started writing for sync and and sort of constant changes type of sync stuff, and. You know, just the minute you start working with agents and people who are doing this type of work and they love what you're doing, like certain things, it's just a great reminder about what you're already, you know, doing that's good, you know? So it's a matter of finding what you're doing that's good. Like 90% there, like that's just your opinion. Like there could be a song that's already there and it's underlying composition that's great. You could publish that song, like Nashville. That's the great thing about Nashville, right? But again, getting back to the same thing we were talking about, it's a very saturated business. I'm sure in Nashville, you have a million freaking, you know, piles of sheet music of amazing songs that haven't been produced. They're great songs, but that's the thing. It's like Nashville, it's like the land of the song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of the song. No, that's good. I appreciate that feedback because, you know, it's something we grapple with and stuff like that. But it's also like an economic thing, like especially when gigging died the last two years, especially in in our being in California. I mean, gosh, horrible. But, um, you know, we did a lot of the good advice that we got from the folks we've been out there and other places on our journey was to really emphasize online presence. And that Mm -hmm. has really helped us um, at least growing that base and like keeping that pace up by like just keep writing, keep putting out there, you know, stuff and, and hopefully, you know, when the, when the stars align, you know, something hits and you make that right connection, but still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's well, cool. What, what about you? So like <clears throat> with, with the COVID thing, um, I, I got a buddy out in Boston, so I know that Boston, um, you guys are just as blue as we are uh, not, not to, you know, I don't care about politics or anything like that, but we were shut down. We were shut down. You guys were shut down that dampened, you know, like the playing live and stuff like that. Um, did that affect you guys in any way? Or because you guys are more on the back end, um, you were able to thrive through this scenario and hunker down, work on your craft and your, your artists that you have, or what was your strategy moving through like that unknown territory? Yeah. 
great question. Um, yeah, I mean, the pandemic was crazy, right? I mean, the reality was like so much, you know, the market crashed, everything was going cuckoo. But yeah, I mean, it was already a, just a, a great opportunity for me to just sit down and just keep keep doing what I was already doing. Like, look, after the pandemic, if you if you haven't written your masterpiece, like, I'm sorry, that was the excuse to have your COVID, quote unquote, COVID project and like do do that 20 track album that, that you always wanted to do, right? Yeah, I mean, it was for an excuse sure. for everybody to sit in a room and, and do what they needed to do. But um, the strategy with that was to definitely um, just pivot. Everybody had their COVID pivot, you know. Um, the benefit we sort of got from that was bigger operations, bigger recording studios and operations were curtailed and the business went elsewhere and smaller studios like us at the time benefited. You know, we had, um, we were working, you know, we were sitting there with the masks, you know, in sessions, wearing the masks, recording songs and freaking just nailing it, man, doing the business, freaking doing the small business stuff. And we, we, yeah, it was great. We grew through the whole process, but that's the tough thing, man, is like, that's a period of time, like with all sorts of different political sort of dynamics where certain things don't necessarily thrive and other things do. And it's unfortunate, but that's life, you know? So with that statement like, or what you said in there, like, are you expecting to see like the next round of wave of music to just be next level or what do you think? I mean, since so many people did do that and I heard like, I was listening to Kid Rock on something like he did, he hunkered down got a studio, they recorded someone else. Um, I can't remember who it was, but another, a lot of big bands did that cause they just weren't touring and they just, formed yeah. their little circle stayed within it and then just got started grinding but are you do you suspect that we're gonna see tons of great music over the next year or so depends what you you know characterize as good music man i mean it's like music is so subjective um you know, if we're talking about experimentation, if we're talking about just good songs, I mean, yeah, of course, we're going to see always good music. I mean, music has a marketing side to it. Like it's, it's about appealing to the masses a lot with like, I think what you're talking about, like you're talking about like what's going to be coming through on the radio or are you talking about more like just like those like just, crazy yeah. finds on Spotify or something? Uh, well, I think more of like, you know, shifting genres to that next direction, like, right. like taking country, for instance, there's this whole new wave of country that has gone through and tap and into that it, guys, like fill me in what's going on with the country. Cause that's why, like we met in Nashville and that's what's up. Like, I want to know what's going on with that. They're putting trap high hats and eight. Right. Away. We're doing it too, man. Yeah. We're doing it too, dude. It's just, I don't know. I don't know, but it's sweet. <laughs> it is. It, it's like this clash of genres and interests and where I grew up versus what I'm interested in. Like it's a nod to the past, but it's also looking towards the future to stay relevant. I mean, we talked a little bit like, you know, TikTok and all these other things have really pushed. You can see what's trending and then attach your style to it. Now you've created a new space, you know, and like we, we have a new song that uh, we, it's right now in the process of being mixed and we're shooting a video for it next week and it's that clash between like the trap beat it's got a great hook that could easily shift into like a uh, a club song if we wanted um but it's got like a country style rap like it doesn't make sense in any genre but it's fun and you know well at least we think I so hear but... i want to hear that guys that sounds great you ready well, well you know it's funny it's funny because like you only in the in the era we live in now you get like 15 30 seconds maybe to like capture somebody so like the thing that i have always liked in music um when i was in high school and uh like the electronic music all my friends everybody's listening to that and it had this like and then it goes wham and drops right and like so when me and travis were like developing stuff I'm like man we should try and like have those kind of things i couldn't explain what it meant you know and it took uh, a while for us to like collaborate together what the heck i was trying to say but we also add that and i think the trap beat plus that gets gets that attention because if you're listening and you're like oh whatever and then like it, it there's a drop or there's that tick 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 and then something happens you got to like grasp them somehow and then and then retain them right then then you have to retain them for longer <laughs> it's right. tough man i mean just look at an artist like alan raymond Do you guys know alan raymond no check him out so okay. his song tennessee for example 
is a great example of a song that sort of takes that vocabulary of that, like you were just saying about that trap groove. I mean, we could talk about that for days. Like, what is going on with that? It's like it's like a break beat with a sort of a quasi 808 sound. I mean, it depends how you mix and master it, but it's a sort of thing that's evolved in modern music. It's like everybody's always leaning on that, right? But the idea for me is like, okay, that's cool. Like, you know, people are going to innovate. How are they going to innovate? Well, let's just look at case studies. Let's look at artists who are actually, you know, breaking and doing cool things. A couple that come to mind would be like Dominic Fike. You know, he's a guy who's very popular. He's sort of doing this sort of quasi lo-fi thing. It's like, look at Nirvana, for example. Older band, the alternative and the underground meeting the mainstream, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's sort of what's going on with an artist like Dominic Fike. Um, oh, who's, who's another artist I can mention that, that's kind of like Maggie Rogers. Great example of an artist who's sort of taking this sort of alternative thing and making it mainstream. It's like we're taking what isn't new and we're making it mainstream. You know what I mean? That's what happens with artists like that. You know, it's a crazy concept, but it happens, man. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. I, I think that's what we're all striving to do, at least in our own little sphere. Like, I know, like, we do a lot of reaction videos, like, on our YouTube nice. page and stuff like that. And, like, it's really helpful. But the, the number one thing is, like, because I always, you know, read the comments and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm doing this in a sense to grow our channel, but also in a sense to be like, I'm going to steal little bits and pieces from, like, something that will never play, like death metal. But there's a lick in there that that guitarist did that I'm like, oh, man, that would sound sick and make us sound totally different and push us to expand in other ways that maybe we got stuck in a rut or, you know, you can go in any other direction and just constantly pull things to evolve what we're doing to be better. So, yeah, I don't know. It's exciting, man. I love hearing new stuff. I get bored really easy. <laughs> well, that's the 15 to 30 <laughs> seconds. That's all you get. And Travis is walking on by. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is to some yeah. degree. And then to another degree, it's like, if you look at meditation music, for example, that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm like thinking about music that's functioning as almost like a, like you look at these like binaural beats and like 528 hertz, like solfeggio music and stuff like this. It's like people are listening to music from a perspective of healing. Like I'm going to like listen to this and like meditate into it. So it's like you take that and you maybe do like a song with it or whatever. You can do anything with that. But it's like people are coming to music from different places. Like, yeah, like you are marketing your song, whatever, to like sort of like a quasi vine type of like you only get like 10 seconds or whatever. But at the same time, these videos I've been watching about these mastering engineers, they talk about how that is what happens with mastering, but with volume. And people are always looking for the loudest master versus the most dynamically changing experience and the most dynamically changing master, you know? Mm. So it's like, it's almost like a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky scenario. Like what you're talking about, about like that, oh, you have to have that perfect song in like 30 seconds. It's like, it's like so much pressure. It's like, it almost is like weird, you know? Yeah. That's true. And then you got the algorithm on top of there that you'll always feel like is fighting against you. Cause you're like, this content is so gold. Everybody has to see it. But because of the way it works, you know, you just or vice versa. Sometimes something's not as well or like that. You're like, eh, this is, you know, I'm cool with this. You know, this isn't the best thing I've ever done, but this is cool. And then like it's taken off or whatever. And you're like, huh, I would have never guessed something that like I just thought was it like the ah. And then it was like, eh, did OK, but not the best. Then something that I was like, eh, it was like, well, have you ever had that experience? Um. I think I need you to unpack that a little bit more. So you're talking about, so no. you're like, you're talking about something that you first had listened to and you're like, you love it. And then you sort of listen to it a few more times. You're like, ah, oh, it's all right. Is that what you're saying? Or? No, I mean, I you mean like just to, something uh, that's like, if you have a, you have an album of 12 songs, only two are going to make it to the radio kind of thing. If you're a big name person. Right. So, so if you take out of those 12 songs for us, I'm saying is like, you have a great song that you are just, you're like, this is great. It's amazing. I know this is going to do well. And then it kind of just does. Okay. And then on those songs where you're like, ah, oh, this song's okay, but we're going to put it in the album anyway. And then that one goes and goes up. Yeah. That's what John Mayer talks about all the time. Like John Mayer even talks about that. It's like, you can't predict what the hits are. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's one, one interesting thing about even Spotify editorial stuff is like making sure that people submit stuff, you know, f- far enough in advance that Spotify can look through it mm-hmm. because we've been noticing that, you know, we were, we're, on, we're on our second editorial placement and this track I thought was more of a B side jam, but boom, you know, it's getting on editorial on Spotify and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I mean, it's like, it's so true, man. Like, you know, everybody has their songs they focus on. And, and I think I think doing that volume, like getting back to what I was saying about that 25 tracks per artist, like if you guys are like working with artists, like even just telling them like, yo, think about like 25 tracks, like refine 25 tracks before you even put it out there. Oh, wow, that takes discipline. Because all the time I have artists coming in here who want to release the song one week later after I've you know, <laughs> just started to mix it, you know, because they yeah. love the production rough mix. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like okay dude that's great i know you like it but you know slow down man slow down you will see it's as easy as one two three gotta like plan ahead and like not not be so fixated on the numbers and oh man i mean social media and instagram and all that stuff it's so it's just so censored and it's crazy yeah it's <laughs> killing us i mean next time richard asks a bad question you don't have to answer it's okay <laughs> You just go, yeah, that was horrible. They just want you to keep paying, paying them money for ads. Let's face it. They just want to make yeah. ad revenue. It's just yeah. it's, meta. it's meta now. It's not Facebook and Instagram anymore. Metaverse. Uh, One no. hacker away, right? <laughs> Surprise people. They don't have a massive mob of people protesting at their location every day. Oh, nice. man. You're, we just got Travis back on social media. You were about to scare Ooh. him back into his cave. He's about to go into his shell again. <laughs> But to my defense, because I hate it and I still fight it, like I probably am the worst thing for our band because I do nothing to make us look good. It's only to make fun of us. It's just me. I don't know. We have some pretty good, some pretty dope memes, dude. Like yeah. this guy's, a, I like to call him a meme factory where like he just like every week he was pumping out these different memes of me and him in it in different forms. Um, and he made me Batman, the old Batman. Uh, that's... That's what you guys got to do. Build your community. Like, get your memes going. Like, you guys are fire, man. I remember. You, I remember listening to you guys play and just. You Dan, that was horrible. Play. Let's not. Let's not go back there. Like, <laughs> we, and because you know, you're not the first to say, "Yeah, you guys did really good." It felt like my. You know, when you say that, like my mom pat me on the back. It was bad, <laughs> man. I think if you heard this new track, I'm gonna send it to you. Not that you want to, you know, consider it, but you know, uh, it's gonna be like one of those little off. To, Here you go, bud. This I mean, is ear candy for you from Cali. No, I think it speaks to what, where we've come from, and what we've learned along the way, and what I love about these conversations and reaction and everything that we've been doing since then. I mean, it's barely been a year, if that that like we've just absorbed it and we're just like how do we just apply it to can keep getting better man and that's what we want other people to hear you know like how can they you know learn what we're learning along the way and apply that so they can continue to grow as well so it, yeah. that was rough though man i'm not gonna lie like that performance was not great it was a tough it was a tough couple of sessions like we we got onto that late like we got onto the whole registration for that late and we kind of came on that and got to just enjoy it from sort of like a just more audience perspective you know and then I, I went back to the hotel and i was watching um it all begins with a song off amazon prime and that guy shannon or whatever he was who was there was like in the movie like talking oh, yeah. like, That's <laughs> hilarious that the guy that literally was just talking on the panel is like he's he's in the movie i'm watching like at the hotel at night i'm like that's so funny that is funny and then, yeah you know it, it was oh man i mean i just for your viewers oh man extreme tour like check it out you guys just got to come to this one this year like oh man extreme are you, are you planning to go this year are you going back down there or not i would love to man i would love to we're expecting our first child man oh congratulations yeah, yeah nice. in june so boy or girl boy good for you no. man that's awesome thank you congrats so we're gonna be we're gonna be immersed in parenting and stuff like that but oh i would love to go back man i mean i i want i mean that was just so great the whole experience to then you know hang out at the studio there at the end and just like the whole thing was just i we we were very appreciative and also just yeah man like look 
Nashville is a magical place. Let's face it. It's a songwriting place. Like it's very cool. And I feel like a lot of Boston musicians and New York musicians and maybe even Cali people who haven't been to Nashville should go because for me, even personally like that, that energy was so inspiring. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That just in meeting the caliber of people and getting, cause you like, you can go to the bars and you can see a lot of great bands. And we did, we like everywhere we went, we saw, you know, amazing people, but to be able to like sit down and eat lunch with someone that or dinner that like someone on the other side of the country that we never would have probably crossed paths. That was really, really neat. And to hear their stories, like, if you get an opportunity, I would definitely encourage you and anyone listening to go back and listen to the guys like Lyrico. Oh my or, gosh. Uh, DM or, I mean, there's so many of those guys and like the, their own situation, how they got to where they are. And then to hear what, like the fruit that they're producing out of that is just like, that was so inspiring for us for sure. And it, and it impacted the way we wrote music moving forward and the stuff that we're creating now, you know, so pretty, pretty good experience. So tell us, so your wife is an artist too, right? Do you want to plug what she's doing? And, you know, I don't want to put her on the spot or anything, but, um, she, she can, she's right here. She's, she might come and and chat with you guys, Victoria Vera. (laughs) Um, she's, yeah, she's basically focused right now, um, on her new single out of my bed just dropped last Saturday. Um, but yeah, Victoria Vera, you know, art, there's an R and B focus with the project. Like I think, I think for artists, it's important to not always box yourself into one genre Absolutely. because so much of what the music industry revolves around is collaboration. And so like even today I'm working on this like reggaeton Afrobeat song with an artist who this is another artist who has done predominantly like R and B and hip hop, but we're working on a song in Spanish. Nice. what yep dude that's Fire, sick man. and what's crazy is i'll just start even just mouthing off like sort of like you know an abstract like musical scat of what i think it sounds in spanish and it'll be like actually a, a word in spanish oh that's sick <laughs> like, yeah it was nuts man it was nuts and it was showing me again kind of what i was getting into with my first album which was like to do sort of this crazy just like project i knew it was it was just for me it was called roots but it was like I was collaborating with and just doing all these different languages, like doing like writing songs in different languages. It was a fun thing. It, it, I did it back in 2018, but it brought me back and I was like, wow, that's cool. But that is cool, man. That's yeah. crazy. It's we, wild. Right. But we uh, toyed around with playing Despacito for like five minutes. And then yes. we're like, <laughs> like, my Spanish <laughs> is so, so bad. Like we would be like just humming the melody at the end of the day. That's about it. It's called Out of My Bed. Out of My Bed. Yeah, Out of My Bed is the new single. Spotify just put on an editorial, which is cool. Like they, wow. they're doing it. Congratulations. I feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's cool, man. Look, that's it's awesome. all. It is what it is. Like, I feel like a lot of this stuff sometimes is just sticking to a plan and infrastructure. You know what I mean? Like, this single dropping with Spotify was cool. But like the reality is like Victoria is working really hard on her music. We're constantly always trying to think ahead and like keep the cue going. But basically she has um, a lot of new music coming out. She has an EP called Devotion that we've been working on for a while now. But she said on she said on that, um, you know, that sort of quasi industry thing of like saving your album, like your album, your like best stuff for that bigger drop, hmm. you know? You know, um, do you want to come? Do you want to come say hi to the guys here? All right. We'll hook you up. We'll get you in to Chasing Anthems here. There we go. Yes. We got Victoria Vera right here. You asking your <laughs> Chuckle Steve, guys. Here you go. Hi, guys. What's, What's going, going on? on? All right. We need to know the real dirt about that. The headphones. Okay. What, tell, us, tell us the nitty gritty that he wasn't going to tell us. <laughs> hey, congrats. I Say it again. Sorry. Thank you. Thank oh. you. I, lo- I said I love Nitty Gritty because actually he's a, he's a D- DJ, right? You're talking about the DJ? No, we're talking about Dan. No, we're oh, about okay. <laughs> yeah, he is my Nitty Gritty. <laughs> I want to hear the secrets that, you know, he's embarrassed to tell everybody else, you know. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. We, I, we need a little leverage over him so, you know, he helps promote what we're doing because that's really what we care about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Can hear you guys still. <laughs> oh no! Hey, okay, never mind. Sorry, Dan. 
Say, love you. It's oh, that's good. cool. Hey, so you're so you just had some music drop. How amazing! I just sent it to my wife because she's gonna be pumped. She always loves new music. How do you feel about that? What is that like for you? Um, it's amazing. Like to be uh, to be here from Europe. You know, like it's um, it's definitely it's definitely like a dream come true. I mean, I'm not saying all of my dreams come true yet, just because I feel like. Um, I have this type of saying to myself is that it's not like dreams come true. You have to make your dreams come true. It's not like, you know, you're dreaming and then they're suddenly, oh, you're getting there. No, there it is. Constant, constant work. But uh, I'm excited. You know, it's good to work with um, Daniel and stuff just because he's super creative and knowledgeable. I feel like having knowledgeable producer who can play multiply like multi instruments and no music theory and harmonies. It's super helpful just because you feel comfortable and you can do whatever you want to do and even if you don't know something then he is here to help you and to tell you exactly what to do so yeah there you go so are you yeah. planning to uh showcase it do you perform live or are you going to do a little tour what what's your plans uh i know you sound like you got a full album coming out soon yeah as well. so um yeah so i actually have like a performance show in april you know, I just like Daniel said, I'm kind of I'm pregnant now. So um, kind of, I don't kind of I mean, June <laughs> we're is almost there. The yeah, we're almost there. We, we know, have right. children. We know where you're at at this phase. So uh, right. <laughs> poor Dan. So, <laughs> so, uh, he doesn't guys, even know what he's in for. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear them? Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, <that's good>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, I was in the, skeptical in the beginning. I was like, no, I have to be like, you know, home sitting mom and stuff. But no, like, why? I, I still, I'm still myself. I love performing. I love connecting with people. Um, now it's just for two, right? Not only myself, just for two. There you so. go. Hey, Cardi right. B was out there too. Beyonce <laughs> did it. Carrie, yeah. uh, Carrie exactly. Underwood did it. Yeah, it's all exactly. good. Uh, so it's definitely something beautiful to share with the world, right? Why you, you why you'll be hiding? So yeah, I definitely want to perform this song. Um, one thing is that the rapper I collaborate with, he's located in Los Angeles, my favorite California. There like we it. go. Hey, I love Cali. California so much. Nice. Um, <laughs> so I promise him I will come one day and record a video and stuff. So I'm in general um, not a patient type of person, <laughs> but uh, Daniel definitely taught me to be patient with music and i'm really grateful for that because like he mentioned before a lot of artists want to rush through it and yeah i mean you can rush it like obviously you want to release music and that's great you have this you're driven into that but i will say if you wait then a lot of magic can happen because of the patience of the process you can discover uh new things new new uh some like new 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 sounds right so i would just say be patient with process and sometimes waiting on releasing a single like two months instead of two weeks it's it's definitely worth it yeah oh, it's so tough but it's so true so did you true. record in europe at all uh because so you're an artist obviously did you record in europe too yeah so um i've been singing my whole life like literally i i grew up in church and um and grew up on a gospel music type of Whitney Houston. I, I love Amy Winehouse too. So I do actually feel really inspired by motherhood, um, kind of getting into it, right? Not yet, but getting, in, and getting into it. And I really, I haven't plans to record a Polish songs, just me and piano. Um, I have a really special connection to this instrument. So Mm, I think it's it's definitely um, cool to sing in both languages. I'm mostly yeah, focused yeah. on English just because. Oh yeah, <laughs> so uh, I'm mostly focused on writing in English, but um, just because I'm in the United States and I just feel like Polish, pe like there's many Polish people in the United States, by the way. But I just feel like that's a main language that I want to focus on. But in the same time. I'm reminding myself, but hey, you still can speak Polish and you're really good at this and, and you love writing in Polish too. So it's kind of a different energy. Um, How does it, I feel like... Is it mm -hmm. hard to rhyme? Sorry, not that everything needs to rhyme, but like when you write, like I know very little Spanish, but I always thought it would be so cool to interject, 
you know, Spanish here and there, kind of like the sublime and does or dirty head, stuff like that. Cali mm -hmm. vibe. But like, is it hard to like when you translate to Polish to be able to make those same kind of connections? Depends. Like, yeah. um, depends if it, with commercial music, uh, like commercial radio pop. Mm -hmm. No, but with alternative like folk, I will say yes, just because uh, what I love about my country and Poland is that Polish songwriters and Polish artists, they're really focused on the lyric, even in hip hop. Mm, and I'm not saying that artists here are not focused, but I will say that yeah. if you translate Polish artist lyrics, for example, from hip hop or folk or pop, um, not commercial sound on more alternative you'll be surprised how poetic they can be mm. and uh, really talking about important political lifestyle um, something that makes you think unfortunately I feel like nowadays people unfortunately are not really and not everyone but a lot of young people are not focused on the lyrics so much uh, on the sound more Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's not good because I do, I, I'm always focused on the lyric and I, I do want to know what is the um, meaning from the song? Like, what is the song getting into, um, how I can interpret it, right? So I love that about Poland and I definitely want to kind of put this mother energy into Polish, uh, poetry. I always, that's like awesome. It. You should. Heck Yeah. You right. Gotta, you got to yeah. teach your son, too. I think that's really important. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people that are, you know, first generation American and then they, the family, for whatever reason, doesn't pass it on. I'm always like, that's a bummer because you're you're losing on that the tradition and the family heritage and all that kind of that cool stuff. Definitely. My parents um, will definitely not let like they, they will not let me to not teach him. There you go. Polish, sorry. Yeah. So now, do you have um, a name already? Are you, are you gonna give him a, a Polish uh, yeah, name? Yeah, we have. Um, so we have an English name, but we also um, we also have like a English ver like P Polish version in English version. Leo. Leo. Hey, I love it. That's great. Hey, a podcast exclusive. You heard it first, right here. They they haven't even told their family yet. It was first, <laughs> okay? So we're breaking, we tried to do whatever we can to pump up our ratings, but- um, Oh man. Yeah, Victoria <laughs> wouldn't even tell her mom, but she told us. So you guys are so- we're So privileged. So privileged. <laughs> now, is this gonna go viral in Poland? Like, do you have the connections that could, you know, maybe we could do a European tour? Tap <laughs> Um, definitely. So I did work with the producer when I was 17. I released my first single in Polish. You can still uh, see it on the YouTube, on his YouTube channel. It's called Ramses. Um, he's, he's called Ramses. He got pretty big, to be honest. He's working with one of the biggest rappers in Poland. Hip hop is really popular in Poland right now. Um, I was blessed to work with him. Uh, he's like a Polish version of Daniel. He's super talented. Uh, he's playing multi-instruments multi as well. Um, and yeah, I, I was, well, that was 2017 when I worked with him. I just didn't, um, I have to, I will say this, like I, I, I always feel this special connection to soul R&B in English. It's been always something I always wanted to experience. That's why I came here. So, yeah, that's why I, yeah, R&B, yeah, but I would say not only R&B, like R&B, soul, jazz, all of those genres. Soulful um, music, huh? Yeah, soulful, mm -hmm. There you go. We got a <laughs> yeah. little soul. How would country do over there in Poland? I'm trying to see. Oh, you know, definitely would, well. Yeah. yeah? Oh, really? Well, yeah, like, so <laughs> it's kind of like we have our own country, I would say disco country. Oh, like disco, disco country. country. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Let's okay. go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Richard's willing to do anything for a dollar. Dude, so, so we got to mix Rick Aisley with Florida Georgia Line, blend them, and just roll. <laughs> we got this. Poland is really religious and country music is religious in a sense. Yeah. Definitely talks about God a lot. And I think Poland will, uh, a lot of Polish people in my family listens to country as well. So what should we I, lay off of? Are guns allowed there? 
No. No. That, okay, no guns. We'll stay away no. from the gun topic. I'm, I'm trying to see how we can appeal to y- your motherland, the mother, the homeland. Um, so no guns. Oh, man. I'm no gonna, weed. I'm no. no. No weed. Well, that's good. We well, that's religious, right? Oh, dang it. Not even Almost medicinal. got you again, huh? bro. No, no medicinal? No. Okay. Okay. Um, are dogs? Are dogs allowed there? Dogs have got to be allowed there, right? Uh, Trucks? We're pulling everything out of the set list, Richard. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Well, well let's think- tie let's tie it up with our with our fame. Like, so she's an artist, and I'd imagine he played it too. You should drop the question and let's get let's see what they what what they what they got with it. Okay, so we always like to ask, what is the worst show you've ever played? Because we all got it. We've all had that show where you fell off the stage. Um. Worst show? Yes, you know where something you know, like everybody has that where like (laughs) the string broke or the guitar fell off or the drum went rolling down the deal. Oh wow! (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) Are we hurting the street cred, Dan? Come on, you got something. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, the the bass player's string like low string breaking is always that's always a nightmare <gasps> right because it's like the bass player is the root of the band right Thank so there's that, like that. Yeah. they like to think that yeah oh sorry yeah, travis the festival <laughs> so i think everybody was in a state of mind that they were already like you know they were they, they coped plenty fine but i'm trying to think uh what about our show what was the worst show we've, we've played you and i our show Ah, uh, oh, oh Dan, no. <laughs> Dan, you're, no! You're sleeping on the couch tonight, bro. <laughs> what was the most. What was the most haggard performance we had to do? Like, what was the most difficult Together, performance? I don't think we screwed up. We've been fine. <laughs> That's what I'm oh, talking about. She's like, Dan, she's like, baby, bro. we've been perfect. Okay, I don't know about what you got going on. I've had, I've had, I've had guitars dropping like off of uh, straps. That always stinks, right? I have a good. Start. It comes down to strings breaking, guitars fucking dropping. <laughs> Victoria, tell us the truth. I have a Come good on. story, but Play it's some not truth like it, it is a school performance. That counts. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, so those are great. It, <laughs> I was uh, 17 and it was historical school performance. It, it was uh, about Poland Independence Day. Okay, so I have to sing really hard piece in Polish, kind of like a poetry. Um, it was really hard to memorize the lyric. And the melody was really complex. Never play, sing something like that before. So I literally screwed up like the whole melody because I started with the wrong scale. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to sing that twice. So as a second time, I was perfect. But the first time, literally, I mean, my school loved me, loved seeing me performing. But this time they were like, so surprised. I could like, it, it was just... Because I started on the wrong note. I started with the wrong melody. And it just like the whole song. Oh, yeah. When the train starts, it doesn't stop. <laughs> exactly. And you pulled that was horrible just because this day was so important for us. <laughs> and it was like a historic day for my school, for everyone, for the, for the headmaster. So I literally was so right on the face. Uh, but everyone was fine though they were like no you were great you like you killed it you you, you nailed it you're like oh you guys love me oh you yeah. really love me <laughs> that's right. yeah that's so, yeah, tough I think that's... that was that was it yeah that was just the one time i literally should there are so many bloopers like that like the star spangled banner like look up the rosie O'Don or roseanne sorry roseanne one it's bad, but because there's so much like hype and expectation, everybody knows it, you know, so that I could imagine that was probably tough. Right. So what can we plug for you guys? Like how, what, what's, so we talked about your stuff, Victoria, how can people get in touch with like Lit Honey if artists are interested or what, what can we help plug for you guys to get it out there? So, yeah, so definitely check out our Spotify, Victoria Vera and Dan Searle, because Daniel has music coming as well. Uh, And for Lit Honey Productions, most of the time we have website, obviously, so you can just put lithoneyproductions.com and also connect with us on Instagram. Beep, beep, baby. Yep. (laughs) That's how we uh, do these days, right? Um, That's how we're doing these days, that we're connecting that Instagram all the time. So 
Nice. And what's suggest there? What is one last like bit of advice for artists that want to get signed? If you were just to leave them with one parting statement, what would that be? Sum it all up for us. Uh, I would say stay true to yourself and get some knowledge about the music business. Don't get like blindly somewhere just because some somebody sees your talent and thinks that you're great. Like there's a lot of people who can take advantage of you in the music industry, especially if you're women. So I will say just be grounded and do some lessons and studies about music business and then connect with this person and see if the vibe is right, yeah. if the energy is right. I'd say focus on three songs. Three songs, make them your you know, Leonardo da Vinci masterpiece and just focus on those three songs for an extraneous amount of time. And then from there, make that six songs, seven songs, eight songs, and then pitch those to labels and see what happens. But time, focus on the tracks, you know? Yeah, and the right energy. Yeah. I thought you were going to say focus on Leonardo DiCaprio, which I think still applies to what you're saying. But uh, yes. <laughs> so we got to get it in. You know, it's all right to the tail end. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Yes. You answered so many questions. In some ways, I'm pumped. Some ways, I'm going back to the writing table. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to reworkshop a bunch of things. It's all growth, man. Now, we appreciate you guys in having this conversation and what you guys are doing for artists out there. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys very much. And with that being said, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.